I uh, feel like, and I know it's so, I'm surrounded by my friends. There's no doubt about that. But what I'm most interested in is being overshadowed by the Holy Ghost here for the next few minutes. Because I feel like there are people here <clears throat> that have needs in this, in this tabernacle. It's not my intention to try and impress anyone. But I want to preach the gospel without fear or favor. And nothing would make me any happier tonight than to see someone delivered or set free. And to know that when you left this meeting and went back home, that you went back and left some chains and some fetters around the altar and went back to really be what God would have you to be. So pray for me that God will help us here tonight to that end. I'm going to read in 2 Samuel, if you have your Bibles. Please turn with me to 2 Samuel, the 22nd chapter. This is what I feel like the Lord laid on my heart. And I'm going to do my best to preach to you tonight. 2 Samuel chapter 22 and verse 1. The Bible says, And David spake unto the Lord the words of this psalm in the day that the Lord had delivered him out of the hand of all of his enemies and out of the hand of Saul. And he said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. The God of my rock, in him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation. My high tower and my refuge, my Savior, thou savest me from violence. Verse 4, he said, I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. When the waves of death compassed me, and the floods of ungodly men made me afraid, the sorrows of hell, David said, compassed me about, and the snares of death prevented me. But then he said, in my distress, in my distress I called upon the Lord, and cried to my God, and he did hear my voice out of his temple, and my cry did enter into his ears. Two more verses, verses 17 and 18. Same chapter. He sent from above, and he took me. He drew me out of many waters. In verse 18, David records these words. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them that hated me, for they were too strong for me. He delivered me from my strong enemy, David said, and from him that hated me, for they were too strong, David said. For me. For a simple text tonight, I feel like preaching on too strong for me, but not for him. Too strong for me, but not for him. Hallelujah. We know David as the sweet psalmist of Israel. 
Amen. David wrote most of the book of Psalms. Large part of it, matter of fact, is attributed to him. But here in 2 Samuel, this first verse tells us that this too is a psalm. We find those words, and actually it's just a, another psalm of thanksgiving. David is thanking the Lord for his great and powerful deliverance. It's a rather large chapter, but if you read through this chapter, you'll find many times where David mentions his enemies in this chapter. But he also mentions that God delivered him from his enemies. He not only mentions that, that his enemies were strong, but David also mentions that fact that they were too strong for him. Amen. There's no other author that I can think of in the Bible that wrote any more about divine deliverance than what David did. I suppose that's because there's no other person in the Bible that was delivered maybe more than what, than what David was. David starts out as a lad when we read about him as a child. Just as a little boy, he wrote of being delivered from the lion. He wrote of being delivered from the bear. And he also wrote of being delivered from giants. Isn't that right? But I want to tell you something. Not only was David delivered from those things, but God also gave him the power and the strength to defeat and to destroy those that were mightier and stronger than him. As a boy, he wrote about bears and lions. But when he got older, the, the things changed and he wrote about being delivered from the Philistines. And he wrote about being delivered from Saul. And David even had to write about being delivered from Absalom, his own son. The reason that David rejoiced in this deliverance is because when he looked back on what God had brought him out of, he realized that his enemy was much stronger than what he was. It wasn't his own might or his own strength that brought him his deliverance. But David said, He delivered me from my strong enemy. For they were too strong for me. I'll tell you, when I begin to pray about this meeting, I felt in my spirit that there would be those that would come to this meeting that would be plagued and vexed with problems and with weaknesses. I trusted that there might even be lost people and sinner people in the house who maybe one time or another said, well, I'm going to try to live for God. But after trying for a while, the enemy of their soul overcame them. And they found that they were too weak to stand for God. You may be here tonight and you may feel like I'm so full of shortcomings. And I'm so full of weaknesses that there's no way that I could ever live a victorious life. But oh, I come to tell you tonight... I come to preach to you and tell you tonight that what may be too strong for you is not too strong for Him. What may seem like a tremendous mountain to you is nothing in the sight of God 
For David said those things that I faced in my life that were too strong for me, God still delivered me from them. And God gave me the victory from them. They were too strong for me, but they were not too strong for God Almighty. Oh, I'm going to preach if the Lord will help me here tonight. Amen. The many times you've longed for deliverance. The many times you've thought, oh, if I could just get over this trial. If I could just get the victory over this test. The Bible spoke about laying aside every weight. And then it talked about the sins that does so easily beset us. It seems like that you can run victorious for a while. But then all of a sudden there's that besetting sin that you have to deal with. And the devil seems like it's so easy to push you over. And you find yourself so weak and so unable to cope with what you're up against. I want to tell you about a man by the name of Samson. He was a strong man. Yes, he was. The Spirit moved him at times. He could go out and and Samson knew what it was to walk into a vineyard and kill a lion with his bare hands. Samson knew what it was. Samson knew what it was to uh, slay a thousand Philistines with a jawbone. Samson knew what it was to pick up the gates of Gaza and carry them to the top of the hill. But I also want to tell you that though this strong man was mighty in his strength yet there seemed to be one besetting sin and one weakness in his life that he just was not able to cope with for it was a daughter of the Philistines at Timnath and it was a harlot at Gaza and it was also Delilah who proved to be too strong for Samson and though Samson was was strong, yet he never conquered the greatest battle in his life. It had such a grip on him, there was not enough strength. He went down in defeat because he didn't get victory over the strong man in his life. Oh, help me tonight, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Samson just seemed to not be able to overcome what, what was the, the greatest test of his life? You know, I think sometimes we make a major mistake by underestimating the power of our enemy. Amen. You know, there are a lot of people tonight that are in the clutches of sin. Do you know what's sadder than that? A lot of them won't even acknowledge that they're in the clutch of sin. A lot of them feel like, ah, I'd quit this whenever I want to. I can break free from this just whenever I desire. But they don't realize that the devil has wrapped a web of deceit around them. And the very moment they try to set themselves free, they had find that it's much stronger than what they're aware of. Oh, I want to tell you, the Bible mentions the snare of the devil in 2 Timothy 2 and 26. In Proverbs, it says the wicked is held with the cords of his sin. In 2 Peter 2 and 19, it talks about being the servant of corruption. 
I want to tell you in Ephesians 6 it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood but principalities and powers there are powers to contend with if you're going to live for God in this hour amen I want you to know that you can add to all of these verses Paul's discourse in Romans 7 the entire chapter nearly deals with the strength of sin come on help me preach just a little bit tonight amen it deals with the strength and the power of sin oh there are a lot of people that will not acknowledge that sin has a grip on their lives in Romans chapter 7 Paul said sin taking occasion by the commandment wrought in me all manner of concupiscence he said that word means all manner of evil desires I looked up that word in the dictionary and I found out that that synonymous terms with that word is things like lewd and lustful and salacious and sensual isn't it ironic that the things that Paul wrote about in chapter 7 of Romans are some of the very sins uh, that has gripped our nation tonight uh, some of the very problems uh, that is destroying the land that we live in uh, and yet people will reject the word of God and say that the Bible has nothing to do with it they don't realize that sin in its power has a grip on their lives amen for sin taking occasion by the commandment deceive me and by it slew me oh the power of sin is easily detected by the inward struggle that goes on in the lives and hearts of men and women you go to church but yet while you sit in that pew that inward struggle is in there you long to be free you long to be liberated when somebody on the other side talks about really being set free something turns over in your soul and you wonder what would I feel like if I was really liberated and set free the inward struggle with the sinful desire for that which I, I do uh, Paul said for that which I do I allow not but what I would that I do not but what I hate that do I too strong for me David said I'm not doing what I want to do but I'm doing the things I'd rather not do that's the inward struggle of a sinful life amen now then it is no more I that do it oh but sin that dwelleth in me for I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing Paul said this to will is present with me you know what he's saying I want to when he said to will is present with me what he's really saying is I want to I long to I really desire to but it's too strong for me it's got a grip on me and and I can't seem to shake it loose to will is present with me but how to perform that that which is good I find not he said I really want to but how to do it is a different story well that's what I come to tell you about tonight 
That's what I come to preach to you about tonight. The strength of sin and the power of sin is a result of the inward struggle of sin. Dear God, if men would just acknowledge, if men would just come clean with God and acknowledge what has a hold of them is too strong for them, that's the starting point to getting the deliverance that you're in need of tonight. Amen. I'm going to preach. The Lord's going to help me. Amen. Would to God many would acknowledge that this is too strong for me. Amen. I visit folks. I say, why aren't you coming to church? You've heard this excuse. When I get straightened out. When I get straightened out, I'm going to be there. Oh, but the truth of the matter is, it's not in you to get it straightened out. You don't have the strength. You don't have the ability. You don't have the necessary power. What do you mean when you get straightened out? If you could straighten it out, you wouldn't need to come to church. But you don't have the power to get it straightened out. I tell you, I'm sick of this preaching. Uh, By men and women or by preachers that say, you can't live above sin. You've got to sin no matter if you get saved. Uh, I say the only fellas that are preaching that doctrine is those that have never had... uh, a real genuine experience uh, with God Almighty. Uh, they'll find out that Jesus can break every fetter uh, and set men and women free. The only people that believes that are those that have never experienced a born again experience with God. Amen. The only reason why people would preach that, they never themselves had a real experience with God yeah there's a Greek word for that doctrine that says you have to sin and you can't keep from sinning I think I can pronounce it right it's a Greek word it means it's, it's pronounced like this baloney baloney your problem is your problem is what's got a hold of you is too strong for you And you won't acknowledge you need help from God with it. Oh, I come to preach to you tonight. What's got a hold of you is too strong for you to deal with. But you won't acknowledge that you need help from God. I tell you what I prayed for in this meeting. I prayed God when folks leave, when the lights go out. And folks leave the Allentown camp meeting for 1999. I pray that there will have been souls liberated and souls emancipated. I pray that there will be some memorials erected around this altar in these meetings that people will be able to point the devil back to the time that God set them free and liberated them from the enemy that the devil said they never would get the victory over. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, now that we know the curse, we need the cure, don't we? (laughs) Yeah, we need the cure. I read in Matthew chapter 12 where they brought to Jesus a man that was possessed of of, of spirits. He was dumb and he was was not able to talk. That's right. Couldn't, uh, Couldn't see and he couldn't talk. The Bible said Jesus laid hands on him and they wondered in so much that the blind saw and the dumb did speak. The Pharisees didn't like what was going on. 
they looked around and said the only way that this man is able to cast out devils is by bells above the prince of devils but Jesus turned around and said to them that that if I cast out devils by by bells above then Satan's kingdom is divided and a kingdom that's divided cannot stand but here's what Jesus said he said how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods listen to me Accept, accept. He first, he first. Bind the strong man. Bind the strong man. Uh, and then he will enter into his house and he will spoil his goods. Uh, I come to tell you tonight, uh, there's one that's stronger than the problem that's got a hold of you. Uh, there's one that's greater tonight uh, than the sin uh, that's always besetting you uh, and pulling you down. Uh, he's the strong man and he's the one that can liberate your soul tonight amen how can one enter into a strong man's house except he first bind the strong man Luke put it this way when a strong man armed keepeth his palace his goods are in peace but when a stronger than he shall come whoo when a stronger than he shall come. The Bible said he'll take away the armor of the strong man and he will spoil his house. I want you to listen to me tonight. Jesus is possessed with a consuming zeal and desire. In fact, he came to this service tonight just to walk around these seats uh, and to look for somebody who would cry out uh, and say, Help, Lord! Uh, help, Lord! Uh, there's a strong thing that's got a hold of me and I need you to liberate me tonight. Amen. Jesus came down off of the mount, uh, off of the, out of the wilderness in Luke chapter 4 went into the temple on the Sabbath day, the Bible said, in his hometown, Nazareth, as was his custom. <laughs> I believe you ought to be faithful to church. Amen. I said, I believe you ought to be faithful to church. I believe Sunday belongs to God. How many say amen? amen. Hallelujah. They called me sometime and said, Pastor, I'll be gone the weekend. I said, okay, I understand. See you Sunday morning. Pastor, I'll be gone the weekend. I heard you the first time. I'll see you Sunday morning. I'll be gone the weekend. How long's it been since you looked at a calendar? Hello. The weekend's on Saturday night. The first day of the week is Sunday morning. Amen. The first day of the week is Sunday morning. It's all right to be gone the weekend. But say, Jesus went in the synagogue on the Sabbath as was his custom. And the Bible said they handed him a book. He turned in Isaiah and he found the place that was prophesied of his ministry. Listen to me tonight. He had a five-fold ministry. He read, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach to the poor. That's number one. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. That's number two. Hear uh, the recovering of the sight of the blind. That's number four. And not only that, but to set at liberty. The 
them that are bruised. That's number five. But I want you to know that sandwiched in the middle of his ministry, he said that he has sent me to preach deliverance unto the captives. That's the very heart. I said that's the very heart of his ministry is to deliver those that are bound and high. Amen. He don't have anything that he desires to do anymore. Woo! Then set the captive free. I know I'm preaching to some here tonight. You've longed for freedom. And you've longed for deliverance. But you drop your head many times and say it's just too strong. Too strong. I read about a man in Mark 5 that something had a hold of him that was too strong for him. Yeah, it was. He couldn't handle it. He could not handle it. He was possessed of many, many devils, and he could not handle what had a hold of him. The Bible said he ran among the tombs. He was naked. He cut himself. That's right. The Bible said he, he lived among the tombs, always in the tombs, night and day, crying and cutting himself. Let me tell you something. They tried to bind him with chains and fetters, but he couldn't be bound with those things. He would just break those natural chains asunder. But I want you to know something had a hold of him that was far greater than what he could control. My God, you don't have to leave America to be a missionary tonight. They are all around us in our cities and in our towns. People are bound by spirits and bound by the powers of darkness and the strength of sin. They are bound by those things. They cannot control many times what they do. They're just like legion. They are bound with something that is too strong for them. I want you to know Jesus got in a boat one day. And Jesus went to the other side. And the Bible said Jesus stepped out in the country of the Gadarene. And there was a man that came running to where Jesus was. Somebody told me recently, said all the time I was in sin, I didn't want to be out there. Something was pulling on me. Something was pulling on me. I tell you, I don't believe this man really wanted to live like he was living. Because I've seen them get close to Jesus. If they really want to live that way, they run the other direction. But this man ran to Jesus, Brother Russell. This man ran to Jesus. Can you say amen? I believe he was longing for something. If something had a hold of him that was too great for him. I want you to know that Jesus uh, saw his situation that he was in. And Jesus spoke to him. Asked him what his name was. You know the story. He said, my name is Legion for we are many. Uh, and, and yet Jesus looked at him longing to deliver him. Uh, those devils prayed that the, he wouldn't send them out of the country. Jesus sent them into the swine. Uh, and the Bible said, the swine ran down the steep place and was choked in the sea but those that fed those swine fled into the 
city. The city come out and they found this man that they couldn't do anything with. But yet he was clothed and then he was in his right mind and he was sitting at the feet of Jesus. What was too strong for him was not too strong for Jesus. Oh, it was strong, too strong. He couldn't do anything about it. He couldn't do anything. But Jesus sets the captive free. There's an old song that says, Jesus breaks every fetter and sets the captive free. I want you to know Jesus is the liberator. He's the emancipator. Can you say amen? That's right. One of my favorite stories in the New Testament is that in Mark chapter 9 when he came off of the Mount of Transfiguration. And this father had brought his son who was possessed with the devil. He said, I brought my boy to your disciples, but they were not able to cast him out, to cast these devils out. Jesus mildly rebukes the disciples for their lack of faith. But then Jesus tells the Father, bring him to me. The Father says and cries out, if thou canst do anything. Oh, hear me tonight. Sometimes we're of that frame of mind. We go to camp meeting and we wonder, boy, if I could just get some help. If I could just get some help at that meeting. I want to tell you, you're at the right place tonight. I said you are at the right place tonight. But your help is not whether or not he can do anything. Your help lies in whether or not you want him to do anything. Because he is more than able to liberate your soul. He is more than able to set you free. He is more than able to break the chains and the fetters and the besetting sins and give you liberty tonight. He's more than able to do that. But when the Father brought the Son to Jesus, Jesus is one of the few places in the New Testament where Jesus said it just like He did. But He rebuked the dumb spirit. And Jesus said, I command you. In other words, when I read that, what I thought He was saying is, you resisted my disciples. Hallelujah. You resisted my disciples. But now I, I, the strong man, I said the strong man, thank God Jesus said I command you to come out of him and set him free. I want you to know Jesus longs to speak those same words tonight. I said he longs to speak those same words tonight. If you're here and you're bound, I'm telling you there's liberating power. What's too strong for you is not too strong for him tonight. Woo! Too strong. I want victory. I long to have victory. Too strong for me, but not for him. Not for him. Oh, hallelujah. I'm not going to hold you much longer. I'm going to preach tonight. Too strong for me, but not for him. Just last fall, we had one of the greatest revivals we ever had in our church. We were in eight weeks of revival last fall. I'm telling you, we had a move of God. 
We had one of the greatest moves of God I ever seen. I don't. I couldn't think when it was all said and done, when it was all over. I couldn't think of one slow night in the entire meeting. Oh, folks were getting saved. Folks were getting delivered. Are you hearing me? They were laying down sin. And I'm telling you, it was a it was a Holy Ghost revival. It was a sanctifying revival. The fifth Sunday of that meeting, we went to a pond near the church, and I baptized 27 that day. We had a glorious time there. I'm telling you, the Spirit of God really moved. Two weeks later, we went back for the second baptismal service. I thought I was going to baptize. But when I started to come out of the water, there was a uh, sister and her daughter. Didn't attend my church, but they were visiting. Matter of fact, there were lots of churches there that day. And she hollered back and said, Brother Aaron, I want to be baptized. I've had a difficult time this year, but God's really been helping me the last few weeks. She said, me and my daughter want to be baptized. So I said, come on, sister. Took her down and baptized her. And here they started coming. That Sunday before it was all over, I got in the water at 2.30 and got out at 5 o'clock. We baptized 55 that day. I'm not telling you everyone were new converts, not by a long shot, but I'm telling you the power of God was there. People felt like they had been liberated and set free. And they wanted to be baptized again. Let me tell you what happened, I suppose, that led to such a wonderful service. That night just before that, that Saturday night before the, the, the seventh Sunday, there was a lady in my church that stood and testified. She said, God delivered me from reading some romance novels. She said, I used to just keep them around. But she said, God delivered me weeks ago. And she said, I got rid of every one of them. How many like to have a revival like that? Hey, listen at me. But she said, when I was cleaning out a closet today, she said, I moved a box and two of those books fell out that I didn't even know was in my house. And she said, I remember about four years ago, we got a 55-gallon drum and we had a burning. And she said, I just wanted to know if we might do that again. I'd like to throw those books in the fire, she said. Well, hold on to your seat. After that testimony, others followed. People started talking about what God had saved them from and what God had delivered them from. Are y'all with me tonight? Oh, one testimony after the next. And before I know it, or before I hardly knew it, 10 o'clock had rolled around. And I felt the Holy Ghost move on me. And I said, we're going to dismiss for about 45 minutes. And when you come back to church, there's going to be a bonfire out back.
Anything you want to get rid of now's the time to do it. Come on, help me preach. I'm talking about when God delivers you from something uh, that's had a hold of you for a long time. Uh, that's the time to make a clean sweep. Uh, I said that's the time to make a clean sweep uh, and let all hell know uh, that you're through with a sinning business. Amen. Well, we had a lot of new converts. And then we just had a lot of converts. <laughs> Whoo, hallelujah. I want to tell you something. We burnt books. They burnt books. They burnt VCRs and VCR movies. Hello. Amen. I'm preaching about what's too strong for you is not too strong for him. I don't mind telling you I'm worried sick about how those things are sapping the victory in a lot of people's lives. You may feel like, well, I'm a pretty strong individual and, and I can take it all right and I can control mine. But I want you to know I read years ago and I never forgot it. What the parents do in moderation, the children are going to do in excess. What the parents allow in moderation, the children are going to do in excess. I want you to know some people are taking a mighty big chance. They might be able to control it themselves. But ten years from now, when your boy and girl moves out, and you're not there to censor everything that comes through the door, you might wish you'd have never saw a VCR in your house. Amen. One young man in my, in my church that just moved there this summer. Him and his wife got saved in that revival. They kept getting boxes out of the car. I said, what in the world? He said, over 100 BCR movies up in smoke. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. Come on, help me now. New converts. One girl got saved in that revival. She, she, got a, she got a huge TV out of the back of her car. Brought it over and laid it or, or throw the 55-gallon the drum wasn't holding it all that now. Amen. We, built, we just built a regular bonfire out there by the drum. Laid that television down on there and we watched while it went up in smoke. Somebody said, oh, I'm, I can control mine. One fellow said one time, all we watch is Channel 13. Yeah, that's where all the wildlife programs are at. Hey, last I looked at a TV guide, there was wildlife on all the stations that I could see. Amen. Wild living and wildlife everywhere. Dear God, I'm telling you, it may be too strong for you, uh, but I'm preaching to you about somebody uh, that is stronger. I said somebody that is stronger than the strong man in your life that can give you victory over those things. Amen. Before I dismiss for intermission, I said, some of you, I preached and preached and preached. Sew it up. Sew it up. If you can't sew it up, bring it and we'll burn it up. 
Amen. You're going to think we lost it at Prague. I had folks weeping that were bringing short sleeve shirts and tossing them in the bonfire. I took a few laps around the bonfire. Woo! Praise the Lord for a while. Had a shouting good time. Oh, it's fixing to get tight. I turned around and saw a set of golf clubs. Burning. You didn't know them would burn, did you? Hello. <laughs> I found out about it a little earlier in the revival. One time when it was just right, I went to him and talked to him right out of my heart. Somebody said, Preacher, are you going to preach those things are wrong? Is there any other way to preach it? You say, what's wrong with it? I think that's a devilish diversion from the real question. The real question is, do you want God's best in your life? The real question is, do you want everything God has for you in your life? Come on now, don't quit me now. Somebody said, well, I don't think it's black enough to condemn. Well, maybe not, but it's not white enough to commend it either. I said it's not white enough to commend it either. I'll tell you the problem is we've become soft on separation. We've become soft on biblical principles. Uh, we've become soft on perfection. We don't preach it quite as straight as we used to. And we tolerate far more than what we ought to. Dear God, I'm telling you tonight that the strong man can be destroyed in your life if you'll give Jesus a chance. Some of our new converts are going to get the shock of their life when they read where Paul said, I finished the course. When they find out he wasn't talking about the back nine at the local country club. Amen. Oh, God, help me out now. I'll tell you what I believe. I believe we ought to be advancing toward perfection. We got too many that saved, claim sanctification and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And they're living more loose tonight than they were when God filled them with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Instead of pressing on toward perfection, we're lapsing back into worldliness and into sin. There's no genuine love for God and a desire to get closer to God. My God, we need a move of the Holy Ghost. We need something that will break the fetters and the chains and the love for the world out of our lives. Amen. Somebody said you didn't help nothing by preaching that. 
I beg your pardon. At least when you look at me, you won't know how I feel about it. I mean, you won't know, you, you will know how I feel about it. You won't be wondering how I feel about it. That's what I wanted to say. Amen. God help us. I'm telling you, we had revival. We had a move of God. I got a different church, Brother Donnie Williamson. I've got men sitting on the front pews that used to just sit halfway back, come late and leave early. Now they're coming from 30 minutes to an hour early and praying through. I get to preach every once in a while when we don't have a sure enough outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Hey, I want to tell you some of those things you've been stumbling over for years. You don't have to keep stumbling over those things. I said you don't have to keep stumbling over those things. There is victory for you if you would just be willing to say, Jesus, I need help with this problem. too strong for me Lord it's too strong for me but it's not for him I said it's not for him oh I wish I could have done better with this tonight but I came with a burden on my heart sister Marilyn come on and get a song I came with a burden on my heart when I wept and cried today I felt like there'd be those here tonight that if you would allow God to turn the light of heaven on your soul right now I believe God could put his finger on something in your life you'd have to say God I need help there oh God I need help there it's too strong for me I thought I had the victory over that come on now I thought I had the victory over that but here it is again Back up again. Back up again. Oh, God of heaven. Is it too strong for you tonight? I'm telling you, there's one who delights in setting the captive free. I believe Jesus is soon to return. I said, I believe Jesus is soon to return. Brother Randall, I believe that midnight cry is just about to sound. Wouldn't it be a terrible thing? that trumpet sounded and that besetting sin was exercising dominion over your life wouldn't it be a horrible thing to allow one problem or one little sin to keep you from God's great heaven stand with me right now would you would you ask God to search your heart right now? Would you ask God to turn the light of heaven on your soul? Bow your heads with me right now, will you? Would you ask God, Lord, search me? Lord, examine my soul. Examine me right now, Lord. Help me to examine myself. Too strong for me. I fought with it just this week. Too strong for me. I had a battle with it today. But Lord, I've got to have a higher power. Lord, I've got to have help and deliverance tonight. While my wife sings, I plead with you to step out from where you're standing. 
step out from where you're standing and come to this altar tonight. If you'll run to this altar and cry out for help, I believe Jesus will help you tonight. I believe Jesus will help you tonight. Something from God right now. Out in the dark. Pray, church. Away Do you need from something from God right now? Why don't you let God help you tonight? In closeness. So I come to tell you God wants to help you right now. There's a few coming. How about you? How about you tonight? God bless you. Come on to this altar right now. Remember the joy when you gave him Oh, come on. What do you need help with tonight? What have you been battling tonight? The peace. Is it too strong for you? Oh, come on. Come on to this altar tonight. He's calling you. Are there any others? Are there any others? Come on to this altar tonight. Out in the darkness. Oh, Come on! It's too strong for me, Lord. I need help. comfort in closeness. So walk just as close as you can. These folks need some prayer warriors to help them tonight. How many of you come and help these people pray? Come on. I preach my best tonight. Come on. Though sometimes I've faltered and I've failed his will to see. Oh, Jesus. But forgiveness is all mine. And in him I'll rejoice because I'm one of his little sheep and his sheep know his voice child child why do you wander out in the darkness away from the
walk just as close as you can to the time when Jesus saved your soul. Remember the joy when you gave in full control. removed the peace you knew back then he's calling you back to the place you been to Calvary, though sometimes I faltered and his will failed to seem, but forgiveness is all mine, and in him I'll rejoice because I'm one of his little sheep. And his sheep know his voice. Child, child, why do you wonder out in the darkness away from the
out in the darkness of hillsides so steep, a shepherd so lovingly watches his sheep. Standing his guard, his trouble to find. Instead of one hundred, just ninety and nine. So over the mountains and ledges he climbs, aware of the dangers, but determined to find the one he. of the land. 